0: All right, everybody, welcome to the Jimmy Palumbo Show. My name is Jimmy Palumbo. This is show number 16 here, getting involved, show number 16. That's right. Now, the number 16, of course, as we do every week, we name the show uh, based on the number and what athlete wore a certain jersey. This one was unique because we're getting into the higher numbers now, and we're, as my Chris Gucci behind the glass sneezes, um, the... (laughs) <laughs> i heard it i just heard that <laughs> uh, I, wait a minute so you 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 no one heard the sneeze which i heard through the headphones and then when i called you out on it and then all of a sudden you said no one heard it so if you did hear something in the comfort of your own home or car that was chris gucci behind the glass sneezing getting involved with a sneeze here let's get back to number 16 i'm sorry can i just can I have my show back for have it I okay. got it, bro. Uh, if you attitude. heard it put in the
1: comments. All right. A little attitude. You
0: know what? There's nothing nothing better than starting off the show with a little attitude from the producer, which is very good. Um, so I can see if I can manage this. So number sixteen, obviously we can't use Whitey Ford. We can't use that other quarterback, uh, his name you might know his name, Joe Montana. Because I, I didn't like Joe Montana, and I still think the Giants owned him most of the time. Um, they ended him. Yeah, they ended him, true. But uh, I can't use Montana. He's too big. He's one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Um, but I, you can do it. There's a lot of hockey guys. You know, you got Bobby Clark, stuff like that. There's also a lot of guys, seemed like the number 16 was a lot of 60s and 70s football players. Obviously, the Yankees that ended uh, with Whitey Ford, no one wore that. Um, you I was, you know, Lenny Dawson and uh, jo- uh, Jim Plunkett, George Blanda, um, But I'm going to go with a-, a classic. Anybody older is going to get this. I know who you're going to say, I think. No, I'm gonna write no way. First. No way. You're not going to get it unless you've cheated. And I didn't... Come on, bro. This guy is so funny to me because it represents like my older uncles and my older brother. Uh, so this is show number 16, Jimmy Palumbo show. The Norm Sneed no, show. that's here, not who I wrote who, down. Who is the... If, if there was a poster for bad Giants from like 1963 to 1981, this guy would be it. He wasn't a bad quarterback. He played long, huh? He played 16 years. Uh, not, with, not all with the Giants. I think he played with the Eagles. He wasn't bad with the Eagles. He was very slow in the pocket. Like, he couldn't move at all. But he threw the ball nice. But more importantly, on my electric football set, we had a guy in, in town, right, where we used to live, um, who actually painted the guys that he the only number he always gave us was always Norm Sneed number sixteen? We never got to like you know Phil Sims and the other guys so Norm, this is the Norm Snead show, which I just alienated the entire Chop Sports Network. But to me, that's funny. I could have done Frank Gifford, Bobby Clark. All I, that's
2: guys. what I thought you were going to say, right?
0: But I could share this with maybe Frank Viola. He's a uh, you know Tri-State area guy, pitcher for the Twins for a hundred years. But I'm going to go with Norm Snead in honor of my uncle Pat, and my uncle Dennis. They listen. They're going to laugh at stuff like this, and my brother who helped me out this week with this, and he laughed. He said I shouldn't use Norm Snead. But uh, going against them, we're going with the Norm Sneed Show. So that's how we're going to do it. Anybody from the Sneed family, please contact me, and I'll send them a, a Chop Sports t-shirt, courtesy of Chop Sports Network, because I'm not paying for it. Um, yeah, it's, it's so weird. There's so much money coming in and out of this place. I'm surprised the feds aren't here. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. We're gonna be we're we're we're, we're gonna be outside of my car doing the show eventually. That's what's gonna happen. No, the Chop Sports Network's doing very well. Downloads are up. Shows are being added. Um, there is something sad though. As of right now, unfortunately, Chop Sports, in a in a belt tightening scenario, they have temporarily canceled the internship program here. So I'm out of a secondary. Job. He canceled himself. But well, he moved. Yeah. But rumor has it, when once he gets settled. We're going to
2: re-up that. I have to run this back for a second. You you interrupted my late lunch and gave me an assignment to find famous number 16s or not so famous number 16s, and you just skipped me?
0: I did. I did. That's kind of messed up. No? Well, but you were supposed to jump in at one point. Well, that's what I'm doing right now. Okay, I'm you're gonna jumping do that in. Now? Okay, right? well, first you sneezed, and now you're ruining my show, but go ahead. All right,
2: so we got Peja Stojakovic.
0: Okay, see so again, again, I'm a Nick fan, so that's probably a basketball player. It is a basketball player. Remember problem. I haven't watched and I haven't watched the NBA in twenty one years. So that's Well, that's what I'm here for. Okay. That doesn't count. He so, doesn't count that.
2: And Jake Plummer. Legendary quarterback. Jake
0: the Snake? Okay, I could have went with Jake the Snake. Fair enough. Fair enough. I would say uh, no on that, but I could have gone with that. So those are your two answers long Polish Russian guy or Jake the Snake Plummer? Polish Russian guy. Whatever he is. What's his nationality? State. I know he just banged threes. I, was That's gonna, it. I thought you were going to say bang something else. But all right, so only banged threes. All right, well, I'm not banging anything. So um, he's from Serbia, I'm guessing. Something like that. Right, you don't even know where he's from. See, I knew... He's from uh, Sacramento. Right. I, I knew I knew Frank Viola was from Hempstead, New York, but I didn't go with him. So anyway, that, I, I apologize. I didn't include our, uh, our, our little uh, wussy producer here <laughs> in on this. He woke up on a bad day today because he went to a concert with his girlfriend, where nobody a matter of fact You were not allowed in If you're over 24 I, I was not even Did you get stopped Did I you was get ID
2: I was not even Yeah I did I wasn't even close okay. To the oldest person there okay. And the thing I'll say about this Is that I, at least I was with my girlfriend There was groups of Older men In their 50s there Why? On the hunt For On the hunt Yeah On the hunt Why? Just say that So
0: it's bad enough, that, Flesh it's bad enough that you had to go to that It's even worse That your girlfriend Didn't invite me To go to that because I could have been on the hunt. The difference I is I got
2: dragged to that. She might as well have put a gun to my head to force me to go to that. I don't that. think so. I don't well, think I did so. enjoy myself. I'm of not going to lie. Did, I mean, it it well, was that's what fun. Va-
0: that's what vodka's for. Yeah. Eventually, In other words. But, uh, but these guys went your, by choice. After your fifth drink, you were at the Rolling Stones concert. I get it. I've been there. I've been there. Uh, let's see. With this week, a couple of things. Yankees, of course, continue to stink. They got smoked in Boston. Bad. They look bad at the whole, the whole optics are bad. I, you know, I, I, it makes me sick. The whole they don't run the bases. They don't field. They, they just look awful. Um, I'm still not buying into the Red Sox thing. I'm sorry. To me, it seems like two guys were awesome on their team, uh, Devers and um, what's the other guy? in the Red Sox is really good. Martinez. Bo- Bogarts. Bogarts. Uh, they're both hitting like 400 and. Uh, they carried the whole series, as far as I'm concerned. And, uh, you know, Cole was lousy because he doesn't have the sticky stuff, so, so they say. And uh, that's it. So the Yankees are playing awful. But here's the weird thing. All week long, everybody's like the Mets, the Mets, the Mets, the Mets, and I'm thinking oh, you have the yeah, same the Mets, amount of wins as the amount, Yankees. Same, they both have 40 wins. Everybody, calm down over there, Shea. Um, listen, I don't root against the Mets, but when I get I get approached at how good the Mets are, and the trivia question: Who has more wins in the 2000s? kind of it's kind of telling
2: about how the fan bases think of their teams. When the Yankees right. have 40 wins, it's abysmal. Right, the it Mets is. have 40 wins, it's the best thing that's ever happened Correct. to them, and they're five games up in their.
0: Correct. Terrible and, division. And, and the and the Mets division, they play like Carteret, Linden, and Elizabeth. <laughs> and the Yankees play against Major League Baseball teams. That's it on that. And thank God they have – I will say, though, uh, DeGrom uh, – listen, when you look at stats in sports now, they never compare to like Ruth and Garrick and Jody and all that. But I think DeGrom's stats are getting comical now. Because even when he doesn't pitch that well, his ERA is like point 6, 0. 0. six nine. 65. Six nine. I mean, how nice is that? It's it's we're getting like I don't recall anybody Fourth of July weekend where a guy is he's he's dominant. He he might be the best pitcher I've ever seen.
2: Now, yeah, he he gave up one run in his last thirty one innings, and right. he was kind of aggravated Right, when dug and out. could
0: you see the other team look like they to me they won the World Series by getting a run off the Grom? Uh, meanwhile, some of the Yankees pitchers have done that in a third of an inning, so that's another story. But um. <laughs> Also, uh, a little bit on NBA. The Hawks lost. Really simple. Trey Young got hurt. Now the Hawks stink. And that's how it works in the NBA. Just like if Michael Jordan got hurt, they stink. No. If LeBron James gets hurt, they stink. Trey Young got hurt. He, he was the game was very different after he got hurt. Just like in the regular season when the Knicks played them, and he he didn't. He was actually out for a couple days. I think the Knicks won the game, and I didn't notice how good Trey Young was. I was like, big deal. Their point guards out of the game. Not really, like, as it was Trey Young. Again, I'm 21 years absent from the NBA. Um, I, I just found out Bob Cousy retired. That's a great joke if you're <laughs> over 50. But um, anyway, so yeah, NBA, yeah, the series are going on. I don't care about any of the teams. I'm rooting for the Hawks. They beat the Knicks. I think the Suns are going to win it, but, you know, who knows? Hopefully the games will be fun and close, and that's it. I will tell you, I did play softball yesterday. It wasn't bad. It was only 97 degrees. In the heat of the night, I had sunscreen on my face I uh I was drinking Miller Lights playing on the uh Potbellies in the Ramsey, New Jersey who uh uh there's like four young guys and like four old guys. We stink. Um we were getting smoked. I played the outfield. I really I felt really old yesterday. For some reason like in the first two innings, seven balls were hit to me like base hits in the corner. I had to run forward to the left. I felt my hamstring clicking a little bit. And of course, I the reason why I was really nervous about my hamstring is because we do have to mention, of course, what occurred on Thursday. Um, as those of you scoring at home, the Chop Sports Network team has a softball team, and they are in the playoffs. They are now in the second round of the playoffs as they defeated another lousy team. We swept them. But uh, Johnny Trino is now 9-0 and with uh, the Chop Sports Network, and uh, you guys are uh, 0-7 when Johnny Trino is not there. Now, I got to explain something to you that I find very funny, though. The weird thing is, and I think baseball reference should discuss this Johnny Trino has had nothing to do at all with any of the victories. He's a clubhouse like, guy. Zero. I am official, a clubhouse guy. I'm slow, ruddy. It's a co-ed league. None of the girls seem interested in me anyway. Um, uh, you know, except for one. Uh, you know, I feel bad. Her fastball is on. Her fastball is coming in like only 88. You know, her pitching coach is very unhappy with her location right now. But um, actually, there was... Uh, <laughs> That's so true. I know. You'll see. You'll see. Slider away. You remember? Away, 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 inside, gone. That's a, that's what it is. But, uh, no, everybody's younger, and they're all adorable, and uh, there's girlfriends and wives that are hot. It's annoying my soul. But um, we did win the game. Two very close games. Uh, I played uh, right uh, center field. Not one ball got hit to me. Uh, Chris, the sneezing, rude guy here behind the glass at the, on this show, didn't do anything either. Uh, I don't think he hasn't gotten a hit in about four months, and he dropped the ball, hit off his gut, his face, his chin. <laughs> that was horrific. Um, and we were up by big leads, and we almost blew it in the end. Uh, that's because our first baseman um, Stansky Stansky just uh, completely. I, I've never seen a first baseman. This is weird. She didn't. She got a few hits, but. I'd never seen a first base, but it was almost like Greg Nettles in the seventy-eight series. She won the game because she made like four scoops. She made a play like go like a throw that was way wide. She kept her toe on the bag. It was Umpire had to call the guy out. Uh she totally won the game for us. Literally, I think they would have scored another eight runs had she not made these great plays. She's by far our best girl on the team. Uh she finds me adorable, but that's another story. But she completely was the MVP. And my record is now nine and zero. Heading into a very tough uh, second round of the playoffs, there's only four teams left, um, and the temperature's supposed to be what 110 on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, of course. I'll and we know. play a
2: team that scored like 240 runs and right. gave up 30.
0: Yeah, and and I'm the only guy over 50 that's still playing, and I'm going to look fat and ruddy and sweaty with my official gray baseball pants on, as as Chris here wears those. Um, flamboyant pants that probably his mother got for him and he's not wearing a lousy yankee hat today so i can't even mock him out there but um you know what i'm gonna make a prediction ready um dave sturchio's okay he's power a little bit but he uh he uh i predict and dave's here too you can see if i'll make sure we talk you're gonna have a big game thursday now two reasons for this number one you've been horrific so law of
2: averages. The law
0: of average, no, but I think, you know, because by the way, you bet like third, which is embarrassing, but you're going to have a big day. We may lose two, and you're going to have a big day. It's going to be the foam roller. You're going to have a big day. Yeah, he brings a foam I roller. I don't bring a
2: foam roller. It's He's the first time i like ever. I didn't even use it. It's in the bag. It was from here. It's been here since that was day the one. I didn't know what it was.
0: I was like, what is that? A ribbed, vibrator? It was ripped for are you pleasure. Doing? Awful. Um, but we did win the game. Two close one-run games, I think they were. the second game ended up being one run at the end. But our girls won it. Their girls didn't hit. And um, our girls did. And, and Bobby hit
2: four home runs in, in two games. Yeah,
0: it's sad. I hate to, you know, I love Bobby because I played against him for years when I, when I coached Corona. Um he didn't get MVP because he had like I think he was like eight for nine with, with the home Four leather. Jacks. But the MVP has to go to Stansky. He's not even close, and yeah. he knows it too. But he did it some bombs. Maybe we have to do co MVP. That's fair enough. Um, but uh, anyway, so yeah. So I look forward to this Thursday, and um, I also uh, this weekend was was hot. I played a little a little pickleball towards the end of the week. I'm trying to get that going. I got to lose weight. I'm fat. I'm slow. Uh, self-loathing going on here but
2: um, you turned down a slice of pizza today that's a I start did. I did I had a protein bar I know you walked in with a Gatorade yeah, Zero agree. and a protein bar it was actually embarrassing I,
0: I thought you were going to call me I, Yeah, you could have called me names um, I don't know what's worse me eating a protein bar or the pants that you wear during a softball game it's kind of even there I don't know but uh, so yeah so that's it so you know of course I'm not supposed to talk about sports but we just talked about for about 20 minutes about sports but that's what's going on showbiz is still shut down had a couple of voiceover auditions um, and stuff like that. So hopefully, uh, it's always slow this time of year anyway. I've never been busy in June and July. But right around July 20th, um, things start to heat up with showbiz a little bit. And uh, come some of my acting buddies, my buddy Jeff Cantor, he booked a few roles. So there are stuff starting to go and percolate. So hopefully we can get that going. And uh, that'll be that. But... Uh, we have our live interview here today, and of course, that's going to be brought to you by Warren Brumell, attorney at law. And the good thing about Warren Brumel is, okay, he's an attorney at law. And he is a debt relief debt relief agency It helps people file for relief under the bankruptcy code. Now I had to say that last line because that's the legal ease you have to say that. But Warren's been doing this for like 35 years, okay and he helps people rebuild their financial lives. Uh, he's located in Keyport, New Jersey, but he handles all of New Jersey and it's all zoomed now. everything's zoomed. he can zoom in blah blah blah. And if you mention our show, you get a free that's right a free initial consultation here when you mentioned the Jimmy Palumbo show. Um, and Warren, like I said, he's been doing this for 35 years and he's he's literally, he's, he's processed and filed over 10,000 bankruptcy cases. Okay? Uh, great guy and um, uh, he is now a advertiser on our show, but he also does, the good thing, his firm, they now they only handle bankruptcies, okay? He's not a jack-of-all-trades lawyer who'll be doing a divorce one minute, and the next minute he's doing a personal, personal injury case, although I could have used every one of these, that, all, all these jack-of-all-trades <laughs> I could have used. Um, funny thing is I probably will end up using Warren uh, bankruptcy Um Maybe Chris and Dave. <laughs> Everybody's good. Eventually, everyone needs Warren when you file for bankruptcy. Um, but he makes the process simple and affordable. He's got payment plans. Uh, the number is 732 264 3400, or more importantly, www.keeportlaw.com. You go on that website, they got everything there stuff to fill out, stuff to inquire, and all that kind of stuff. Now, listen. Um, the the bottom line is bankruptcy will stop foreclosures, repossessions, wage garnishments, bank levies, all that kind of stuff. And uh that's what that's what Warren does. He gives you advice on all of that. You can go check out his five star reviews on Google. Or better yet, you can go to avvo.com, the lawyer review shit site. I'm sure there's some really funny ones on there because <laughs> sometimes lawyers, uh, they take a beating, and I'm sure on that review site, but he's got tons of five star reviews. Um, I only wrote 12 of them. No, that's not true. He's got tons of good five star reviews on there. And, uh, like I said, uh, Warren Brumel. Uh, keyportlaw.com that's where you want to go for all your bankruptcy needs. That's all he does. that's what he does. righty and now it's time for uh, we haven't done an interview in a while, but I felt this one uh, had to occur for a number of reasons. you'll know once uh, once I uh, once I bring him here even though he's right in front of me um, <laughs> I uh, we, we decided to have a special guest today if you've watched any of our videos which I've done very well. Of course, Dave stopped editing them about a month ago, um, right. and we haven't seen any in a while, but we have like 15 in the can. That My whole goal is to throw you and Dave under the bus today. Is that, I didn't mean to do that. But succeeding, Jimmy. See that? See, oh, come on. You know, you know what's going to happen? Poor Dave's going to go home and edit like 15 videos today. He's going to shove them up my butt tomorrow. But no, we did some videos with my good friend Father Paul uh, a Catholic priest up in Ramsey, New Jersey at St. Paul's, my parish. And he's switching parishes. He's going to be in a parish in um, in Maywood. I think it's called Our Lady of Queen of Peace or something. He could tell you one more when he starts talking in a second. But it's Father Paul Houlis, the um, Jimmy Palumbo Show um, priest and video maker with me. Father Paul, good to have you on board here Thanks a
1: lot, it's good to be here, thank you Finally, finally I'm here, I had to beg a couple Times, but I really, really appreciate that I, I actually had to call the Chop Sports guys to make it Happen, not even you, but thank you, I'm very happy to be Here,
0: okay, okay, well what really happened Is I brought another friend of mine, Roger Mayer On, and you panicked, and uh, just like When I used my daughter in some videos, you got Upset over that, so I know your ego You you know, your ego's the size of Maybe Dave Sturchio's, or who else We're going to have you, so, um, By the way, uh, Dave Sturchio's having a Baby boy I have to
1: throw that in Oh wow Congratulations, Congratulations. We God just, bless we did the
0: um, Right uh, I'll do the baptism do The gender release thing which gender is a reveal Gender reveal um, And uh, it was gender adorable release. His daughter pulled out A horrific dark blue cowboy jersey The funny thing is <laughs> The funny thing is Your daughter pulled out A better jersey Than the hat he's wearing right now I don't understand that It was perfect though But um, I actually told him Before brutal, the show Brutal I told him before the show That I was nervous Because I watched YouTube videos Of these Tragedies that have happened with fireworks and with the pink and blue stuff coming out. So while his daughter was, um, and it's all posted on, uh, on his Facebook and stuff. While his daughter was opening up this box, I'm thinking, if Dave put fireworks over that little kid, I'll, I'm going to lose my mind. And all of a sudden he pulled out the shirt. Of course he wouldn't have done that. But a couple of people got maimed and stuff at these, uh, in a big fire, I think, in California. What's worse
2: was- than that, though, is when, when they'll have the girlfriend or the wife throw an underhand pitch. To a guy and he just swings and misses and, misses and the ball explodes. explodes. Right. That would be me. That would be... Yeah, it would be Only you. I wouldn't even swing at it. It would just... Yeah. I would strike out looking.
0: Just like when you get a fly ball hit to you in, uh, in softball. It hits off everything except the, the glove. But anyway, of course, Father Paul's sitting here going, I'm not a sports guy. Why are they talking about sports?
1: Uh, but when the- you were talking about Whitey Ford before, that was the... That's the um, the guy, the Irish guy from Boston, right, Whitey?
0: No, that's a, that's a... I know, I know, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> messing, messing around.
1: That's Whitey Bulger, I know, I'm just messing around.
0: Whitey Bulger joke here on the spot <laughs> on the Chop Sports Network, Jimmy Palumbo Show. I got to say it, Father Paul getting involved here at the 20-minute <laughs> <laughs> mark. And, of course, the producers want to talk it over, looking at each other. Why is Jimmy Palumbo having a priest on his show with a live confession here? Um, I you know what, bless me, Father. If I have sinned, I am not a cowboy fan, but uh, um, you know, I don't have three hours to hear a confession, uh, man. You, know, you see that? I you just don't. It? That's how it starts. Well, the main reason why he's on this week because he's going to a different parish, but he's going one down the down the you know, about 20 minutes away, so I'll still see him. But uh, I thought it'd be interesting to have, I know we do sports all the time. Um, and uh, Father Paul always mocks me that I talk too much about sports, and of course, so he reviews my sports uh show podcast or jimmy plumbo show and i review his homilies which go on way too long and i even uh, spoke yesterday at his gala farewell for the for the church that when if if you i go to noon mass and the giant game usually starts at one o'clock if 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 you go to a noon mass with him and he he shows up on the altar, you're like, I'm not making kickoff, not even close.
2: Yeah. It's either that or I'm not making communion. <laughs> Literally, uh, people ask me, "Oh because
1: no, because I'm going to watch I, the game." Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. yeah know, Jesus hung on the cross for about yeah. three hours for you. You just okay. give it up a well, little bit.
0: You know what? Uh, uh, listen, his was worse than mine. I, I at least I uh, stay. But of course, then, as a as a Giant fan, the Giants stink anyway. So I should actually go to like a four you know four hour mass and I still lose. But Yes, his homilies alone. So we we review each other's work, um, but his homilies are mostly awesome. My my show can be pedestrian sometimes, including this one. And, um, <laughs> I love your is, show.
1: I love the Jimmy Palumbo show.
0: But the most obnoxious thing is you're going to call me up every like day. How many downloads? How many downloads? Are people listening? You're going to be that guy.
1: I never. That's yeah. not me. I only think about uh, God and no, how well I did it, in His that's, eyes. That's not true. I every don't day numbers. You
0: can we do another video? Could do video? <laughs> but, uh, but you know what? I figured it'd be fun to have a priest on. I am a, I'm a Catholic. I go to church uh, uh, every week, and uh, I miss a few every now and then, but I go for the most part. been going my whole life. I went to St. John Vianney, Colonia, where the Gooch used to live. And Pantous um, so, Saint of all Catholic priests. Yeah. Very, there you go. I went to so, CCD there. Oh, hey, nice. I actually went in the building. I remember CCD. My daughter does that now. I'm very aware of that program. Um... So, yeah, so I, uh, you know, my mother went to Catholic school, my brother and sister went, my uh, aunts, uncles, uh, my nephews, tons of Catholic school all over my family. I'm a Catholic, God bless America. And so I got to know Father Paul mostly because the first day I met him, he's like, you're the actor, right? You're the actor, you're, right. you're the actor. I'm like, oh, what's, what's, this, what's this priest busting my chops for? But then he was like, oh, I was uh, wanted to be an actor myself. I was like, all right, so we hit it off, blah, blah, blah. But uh, I told him that before I became an actor, I wanted to become a priest. Did, and he, is he that laughed, true? He laughed. At you my said face. that yesterday. He laughed in my face. I don't. Is that and a true like, story? Yeah, I don't I, remember I, that. You just laughed. You belly laughed at my. face You said that in
1: front of three hundred people yesterday. I'm like, I don't think that ever actually no, happened. It did happen. It Could did have happen. been happen. So, is that but yes, I was true story though. No, yeah, was I was going to say, yeah, straight. But I, I don't remember. Was that Was I
0: that bad that I couldn't even think about? Maybe.
2: Well, I
1: was excited to meet somebody hanging out
2: with Artie Lang, and I also want to be a priest. It doesn't really add up.
0: Johnny Trino is becoming a priest. um You know, even imagine if Johnny Trino was a priest, he'd be so good at confessions. (laughs) No doubt about it. Special intentions. Johnny Trino getting involved with special intentions. Everyone coming through. But anyway.
1: I love the entertainment industry. I was was happy to meet you. I know.
0: I know. Of course you were. And um, of course you were because it's me. No. Uh, And I was happy to meet you. Your homilies are awesome. But I got to ask you. You know, I never interviewed a priest. So here we go. Even though we're friends. um, I got to ask you. Let's see. What when you were younger? I want to talk a little about we we've privately talked about uh, some stuff when you were younger, but I want to hear about because I know when you were younger, you were um, you were like crazy. You were you were a partier a little bit. You uh, you were um, you got in some trouble and blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, got yeah, The calling, yeah. but when like when give me a, um, give me talk to me a little bit about that time frame in terms of when you were a little bit of a troublemaker and getting the calling so on and so forth.
1: Well, I mean, it's really for a long story. First of all, thank you for having me on the show, and uh, it's a real serious pleasure to be here. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, when I was a kid, becoming a priest was never the first thing in my mind, honest to God. I mean, I grew up, great parents and everything like that, but not a religious family. Just went to church, Christmas, Easter, priest or Catholics, you know, stuff like that. Maybe a little bit more, sent me to CCD, got my sacraments, but never wasn't into it, you know, didn't pray much, never thought about becoming a priest. Um, so, I mean, that's a long story in and of itself. But, yeah, I mean, I, growing up, maybe like fifth, sixth grade, you know, just kind of wanting to be cool, wanting to be popular, and just wanting to do whatever that took to be a cool, popular guy, didn't have really like a sense of self. So, eventually, you know, I kind of got into things that some kids get into. I've been very public with this. I'm a recovering drug addict, been uh, for about 24 years now. I got into it when I was very young, 11, 12 years old.
0: I can't believe you were that young. Yeah, yeah, I mean, 12 you're years Garf- old. You were in Garfield, right?
1: Garfield, New Jersey. Yeah, Garfield, New Jersey. So uh, That scares me. Because my daughter's 12
0: now And I think oh my god it's, Yeah my nephew's 12 uh, Well the stuff's out there I know it is So
1: Yeah so just you know Getting involved Getting involved with that uh, in, a, in a terrible way uh, Back then <laughs> Getting involved With drug addiction that. there Father Paul um, Getting
0: involved with drugs here From the Omni in Atlanta
1: <laughs> In Garfield, he, New Jersey He
0: did not realize He's in the Omni yeah. right now But hey
1: I don't mean to make a joke. I mean, I'm very grateful to be sober, very grateful, and obviously, you know, my brother did pass away a couple of years ago from his own addiction, so uh, it's something that's very close to my heart, but yeah, I was, I was, I was, uh, you know, growing up, I know I make fun of you about, like, sports and everything, but that's what I wanted to do. When I was a kid, my dream, I don't even know if I told you this, I, I wanted to be a major league baseball player. Out of all the sports that I was playing, football, basketball, so, um, baseball, and soccer, Baseball was the one that I was the best in. Baseball was the one that was the most interested in. This may come like a total shock to you, but when I was a kid, not anymore, I was a diehard Yankee fan. I, I watched them all the time. Don Mattingly was my hero. Dave Winfield, Wade Boggs, all that type of stuff. So that, that's, I, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a major league baseball player, and that was it. When I started getting involved into the drugs, it was like, Eventually, I didn't care about doing anything. Literally, I didn't care. I remember being on triple threats my freshman year of high school for football practice, uh, you know, three practices a day, and walking off to go get high, and that's what I was going to do. That's all I wanted to do. So it was horrible. It was horrendous. And I'm, I'm, you know, it's, it's such a long story, but I'm so grateful, thank God, that things got bad really quickly. And three months shy, being 15 years old, I, that's when I ended up getting clean and sober, going to rehab and all that stuff. Yeah, so. I've been clean and sober since May 21st, 1997. And ironically, I didn't get back into the sports like I was, but I started getting involved in the entertainment, not the entertainment business, but I was just... You know, joking around in the the halls of high school singing. I was thinking, like, I was singing like Elvis Presley or doing an impression of Elvis. I was always into impressions, even in uh, football. Even though I was a player at intermission, they would want me to go upstairs onto the loudspeaker and do impressions. So I would do impressions of like Forrest Gump, that was really big back in the time, or um, Fire Marshal Bill, like that from In Living Color, Jim Carrey. So I would do that. So I was always joking around. And one of the kids was like, you know, you should really try out for our, the musical. So I did. I didn't know. I never took an acting class in my life, but I just did an impression of Elvis Presley, and I ended up getting the role of uh, Conrad Birdie in Bye Bye Birdie, and that's how it, it kind of all started. Oh, that's cool. You're you making know?
0: me nervous when you said you walked out of a, of a practice to go get high. I'm wondering, is, is he going to walk out of the Jimmy Palumbo show and go get high?
1: <laughs> just, no, man. I've been so for a long time. I would no. hate
0: to read that. That'll be something on ESPN on the bottom ticker there. Yeah. No, I'm just going to walk Paul out of here and
1: pray severely.
0: Father Paul does the Jimmy Pumble <laughs> show and gets high in Matawan, New Jersey, and that'll do it here. Oh, come on. No, but um, no, of course not. Um, wow. That's, so, uh, and and that's
1: what I wanted to do. I wanted to be the well, next you, you Jim started- Carrey and Leonardo DiCaprio at once when I was 15. That was my dream. It's
0: complete opposite of me. I wasn't, I was too scared to do showbiz. Uh, even though I was, uh, I wasn't shy. I would never want to go on stage and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, didn't get into it until after college. But um, I uh, – so you you were going into the city hanging out with these guys. So tell me some of the comics you were hanging out with at the time and, you know, were trying to take care of the wing. You were meeting at the various clubs uh,
1: you were hanging yeah, out with. Yeah, uh, so it got started because when I was 14, I was going to uh, these 12-step meetings and people – this guy was like, you know, you should really do some stand-up comedy. And we were having a comedy jam. So I ended up doing this comedy jam uh, I was like the opener uh, for this twelve step you know fellowship or whatever, and I met this guy they had a couple of professionals from the city, and this guy 's like you 're fourteen and you 're doing stand up if you keep doing this like you 're going to be famous like so you should keep doing it so that's all I wanted to do. When I was in high school, never thought about college. I was going to graduate high school and and try to become famous. That that was it. That was my dream. So I started going to And into you ended up on the Jimmy Palumbo podcast. As a Catholic priest, yeah. <laughs>
0: That'll do it here. Final score. <laughs> Jimmy Palumbo
1: 110. Father Paul 87. Elgar Bosch time no but uh- got a different plans man but yeah I was going to the city every day back in 2000 2001 a uh, couple off Broadway shows horrendous by the way yeah. and uh, was- you know I got this background uh, dancing background thing for this MTV hip hop show called Direct Effect I was dancing for that but I was doing stand up comedy and uh, I ended up making some really good connections Carrie Caravis and I ended up uh, becoming friends with Tony Rock Chris Rock's brother and I used to hang out with him and Sherrard Smalls which is Chris Rock's cousin and they would take me around and uh i was making connections but didn't have the experience but they were helping me and i got to meet a lot of great people a lot of great guys that really encouraged me and that's what i wanted to do that was my dream wow yeah
0: that's unbelievable from stand up to a priesthood now what so you're so you're when did you start to get the bugaboo that made when did you start to get maybe the calling or whatever that hey maybe i want to go into something more spiritual
1: well, I mean it's kinda it's 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 not always like kinda linear because like the, the seed of my faith was really planted my junior year of high school and my girlfriend broke up me and I was absolutely miserable and I, I just never knew anything like that before. There was this priest that kept trying to get me to go on this retreat. Father Mike Joel, he was blind but he like saw everything. It was weird. And uh <laughs>
0: It sounds, yeah, it sounds he like nice.
1: saw right through my soul, but blind is a bad, I, I tell you. And um the Ray Charles of Counselor's here at Shay. Yeah, he was uh and I you know I just thought that it was for the nerds. I, I thought I was too cool. I thought it was too popular. But I'll tell you what, when my girlfriend broke up with me, I was miserable, miserable. And uh, I went went to him, and uh, he really he was really there for me. And he said, "Are you ready to go on here now? Come come on the retreat now." And I said, "Yeah, I am." And that was the first time when I was sixteen. Honestly, even though I was raised Catholic, that retreat was the first time I think I got to experience. I know this isn't religious podcast, but you're having a priest on, so I'm just going to tell you how it is. That was for me the first time I got to kind of get into my faith and know who Jesus Christ was for the first time. Wow. never thought about becoming a priest but I'm like alright maybe I'll give this God thing like I, you know I, I never thought like oh let me become a priest it was like well what is it like to be an actual practicing Catholic what does that mean right. so I started going to mass I went to confession for the first time in a long time I mean I mean went for like over an hour and when the, the priest absolved me I mean it was like I felt like I was being tickled by angels. I, I, I felt like a million bricks off my shoulder. It was like this new supernatural peace that I had never felt before. And I said, if, if this thing is real, if this is all, like th- what just happened to me, I cannot describe what that was because right. I used to have severe panic attacks and agoraphobia and it was freaking me out. And I got on my knees and I said, look, God, if you get me through this, if you get me through this d- depression and agoraphobia, I will dedicate my life to helping your children. And I didn't know what that meant. I thought maybe I'll end up becoming a counselor because I was in the city every day trying to become famous, hanging out with these celebrities. Uh, my, the greatest night of my life—I was with the Opie and Anthony show, September sixth, two thousand and one. They had it was the second time they had me on. I was kind of like helping out. They, you know, they knew I was an aspiring comedian, but I was holding. I was at the MTV Music Video Awards, September 6, thousand and one. Outside of the red carpet, I was, holding the cam- I was holding the microphone as they were interviewing celebrities. So I got to meet Will Ferrell, got to meet Chester from Lincoln Park, may he rest in peace. Oh, cool. um, all these people, um, just uh, Mick Jagger, all these people, right? And I'm like, th- I could die and go to heaven. This is amazing. Like, th- this is amazing. That Sunday, I was going to hang out with the Opie and Anthony guys. That Sunday night, uh, September 9th or whatever. A couple days later, September 11th happened, in 2001, and it changed everything. Changed everybody's world. Right. And that really, I mean, it impacted everybody, but it really, uh, like, I could die like this. So what, what's the meaning of my life? What am I doing? It's all about me, me, me. And I started asking the deeper questions like, okay, well, am I really ready to die if something were to happen? Right. You know, so that's, to make a long story short, that's, I think, when I started to go to my church and ask my priest some questions like, you know, stuff like that. But, I got
2: a question. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe for the listeners, agoraphobia I don't know what that is, so I would imagine it's afraid
0: that, of going outside, right?
1: Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, you're so scared, you you can't you can't go out. Now,
2: as somebody that was performing and going on high school musicals and things like that, I find that kind of crazy. You dealt with that throughout all that.
1: No, this uh, this was a uh, ended up happening to be hardcore. I would say at a certain point, uh, my senior year of high school, and then again when I was 19. About two months after 9 11, 2001 is when, it's got, when it got the worst. It's when it got the darkest. Right after 9 11, about two months later. Yeah. Wow,
0: okay. I didn't realize 9 11. Uh, I mean, it had an effect on it. It was
1: a game changer. Absolute game. I used to go to Times Square. I would sit, lay down on my back at Times Square, look at the billboards, and picture myself being up there. And after that, I wasn't going to the city. I, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. it just... It, the, I mean, look, it's a long story. I, I know you're on a time limit, but that's that's what no, happened. I
0: just, uh, well, you know, to me, it's
1: interesting. You know? I but know. I, lo- I love... I mean, I, that's... what well, I mean, you know... Tracy Morgan, he's like, keep at it, dude. You know, Jim Brewer, Dave Chappelle, like, keep at it. Keep Ooh. it. This, this is all. That's what I wanted to do. I ran into Jim Brewer 10 years later when I was a Catholic priest. I ran into him at Madison Square Garden. And I, like, you know, I didn't know if he remembered me or whatever. He's like, get out of here, dude. How's the Padre thing going? Like, you know, he was, like, legitimately interested, you know? That's, people yeah, are. That's, that's a, Brewer. That's, a, that's Brewer, too. <laughs> uh,
0: you know, even though he, I don't think he gets high as he says he does. Um So when so you now you're so you're you're 38 years old now right 38 yes I am and you've been a priest for 10 years 10 years just celebrated 10 years yeah you end up going to what school did you go to you had to go to college Seattle Hall University Seattle Hall for six years that's a Rutgers rival we'll let that slide all right in the name of God Um, and um, (laughs) I can't I can't you know. I just want to go on the attack on Seton Hall, but um, that's okay. We can mock out their basketball team, not their religious studies program. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you went there, you became a priest, and then you you bounced around. But the thing I wanted, th- I can make this uh, to me. This is funny. Uh, so you're at St. Paul's for six years, and um, you know you're a great priest there. It really is you are, and Thank uh, you. great homilies. And uh, <laughs> but you know the, everybody knows the diocese of of Newark. They have uh, you get traded, so you go from he got traded to a different parish. For so I, yeah, so that's what I at the event yesterday. I'm like, did we get anything for and him? A player to
2: be named later. Well, said, are you going
0: to be sent to the other I, parish too? I was like, wait, a minute, what did we get? Four candles, two mistles, and a deacon to be named later. I mean, what's going on here with that? Yeah, I
1: didn't tell you this, but you got traded too. You're coming with me. They're going to send. I have, their, they're going to send a couple guys from maybe. Tra-
0: you know, there were years that I, as a Rutgers fan for football. They were so bad. I wanted to be traded where you have you actually lose your diploma like you get a letter in the mail saying Jimmy you're such a good fan of football that Rutgers thinks you can trade it to Penn State I was like I refuse to go if I get traded as a fan um but yeah you got traded to a new parish which I find so tell me a little bit about that I know it's stressing you out for sure cuz you you found a good home here at St. Paul's and now you're uh now you going to a you you going to a new parish which you're going to do great as um, but it's got to be tough to go to a different place. But every priest must go through this.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, we may, at the day of ordination, we, we make a promise of obedience. We literally put our hands within the bishop's hands and promise and re, re, respect and obedience. So I got to go where they send me. It's no. tough. It's not easy. I don't want to leave St. Paul's and Ramsey. I love it. It's great people there, people like you. But it is what it is. And this is what I gave my life to, right. you know. So, you so yeah, it's stressful. It is. But this is where I got to practice what I preach. You know what I mean? God's, God must have a plan.
0: Well, I promise you. Um, coming up, as uh, soon as you, soon as you're settled in, you you, you start Friday at the new uh, at the new arena. <laughs> He's going to the Omni. Um, Was Our Lady of What's It Called? Our Lady
1: Queen of Peace and Maywood. But I want to thank you for for being so nice and being you know being a, everyone thanks priest, but thank you for being a great parishioner. Thanks good. for getting me involved in your videos. The you know I mean personally they don't know this, but I want to be the personal chaplain to chat sports network. I you think, know what I mean? I think, with them, you know, I know what? I'm going to be, be in charge it out, of the, out, yeah.
0: I'm going to be in charge of the internship program and the chaplain <laughs> ministry program here. It's so funny because, I I'm listen, married in this office, the, the amount of money, the amount of what money. We do baptisms he, here, he exorcisms. Every, every Monday
2: morning. He, he, you, please, know you know what? Like, that would God be ideal. <laughs> <laughs> I just got back from a long weekend in AC. So, yeah. you can well, imagine I did
1: hear a three-hour confession once. Yeah. True story.
0: Well, I I will tell you that
1: uh, you want to hear some of it. I'm just
0: kidding. <laughs> the, uh, that's you know, legendary, right uh, there. Uh, he uh, he blessed the podcast before when we just started. Now, I'm like, I, how many podcasts are blessed before?
1: Um, I just didn't want you to screw up. I was praying like, for you.
0: Maybe maybe someday we'll have our own show on Relevant Radio, which of course these guys don't know anything about. Um, <laughs> it'll be another non revenue generating platform which <laughs> I'm involved, I'm involved with, started. but it's prepared. a huge Catholic radio network um, and and. Not podcast, I guess. It's an app that you get in a different radio My things. family all listens to the show,
2: and they're all highly religious people. Well, so go. they're going to be excited about this episode. Yeah, I can so I, that. I
0: thank very much Father Paul for coming on. He's going to stay here. Um... For our next segment, uh, which he's he's
1: a fan of the show, so he
0: knows what we're doing.
1: Thank you so um, much for letting me get involved here. Yeah. Finally, all I, this time. Like I said, I thought it would be fun to have. I got a lot more stories, but thank you. God mm-hmm. bless. I'll be matter of fact, I'll be here next week. Uh,
2: we'll yeah, you could next? honestly, you can come back on. This has been good so far. It's yeah. up, I mean, I'm the producer. So I'm I call holding the back shots. a little bit. You know what I, call, I mean? I know you don't have to hold back, and we'll get you on again. And then this way, you could kind of, yeah. you know. You ease your way in.
1: I appreciate it. Yeah, I got a lot course. going on you know, in my. I'm I, not my myself today. I got I thought, a lot going on in my mind. Yeah, he's got a big a lot. He's got
0: a move. You know, you're, you're solid. are like a. But solid. thank you, thank
1: you. I. You know what? To be honest with you, selfishly, I needed this. Yeah. I needed no. to get away. I needed this, to and me, I you're, knew.
0: Like a, you're like a solid Clint Frazier. You know what I mean? You're solid. You're batting one What do you seven. mean? You Clint, always Clint say Frasier that he's
1: not There's nothing solid about. Clint are Frasier. you kidding me? Exactly you're always talking about how much he stinks. that's who you tell me I am. You get a nine hitter that
2: gets up with no outs and a man on first and second, and he swings for the. Is a nine hitter.
0: I'm, I'm I blame
1: joke. Boone for that, too. I thought, oh man, come Father on.
0: Father Paul is a wonderful guy. <laughs> Clint Fraser. And he's got a nose ring.
1: Right. At least get like a like a jeter or something. I don't know. Uh, jeter, calm down. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: guy looks in, he does one podcast, he's jeter all
1: All right, I'm sorry. All right. Maybe, I'm sorry.
0: maybe the Chop Sports Network will have a, a priest podcast. You never know. They're looking to expand.
1: You can do so, all type of services too, you know, Jewish services, Muslim yeah, priests can do that type of. I don't know. <laughs> what are you talking about?
0: All right, listen, Father Paul, thanks for coming on. We will have him on again. We got some videos we're going to be showing in the next couple of weeks when we get to editing them down. They're going to be fun. Thank you, and thanks for coming on. But of course, those of you scoring at home, you know what time it is. It's time for the uh, classic segment of the uh, program. It's called the Jimmy's Bookings, the worst name of any bookings. Now, Father Paul tells me he tried to give me different names of the bookings, but um, what to call the segment. But we're going to go with Jimmy's Bookings because it's horrific, and um, and this is it. But, you know, the bottom line is we all know who sponsors this segment. That's right. Absolute Eyewear, 42 Main Street, Woodbridge, New Jersey, getting involved here. 732 326 3937 Absolute eyewear run by Craig and Jeanine Machaud, who was at the Molly Hatchet Outlaws concert last night, which I blew off to go to Father Paul's Gala farewell dinner, which I had to MC, So I missed that. So, Janine, I know you were catching Molly Hatch in the Outlaws. But listen, absolute eyewear. They're a full-service uh, opticians. They do everything. Prescription eyewear. They do sunglasses, uh, prescription safety glasses, sport glasses, motorcycle glasses. They got glasses for the kids. They do contacts. They got eye exams. They do everything. Um of course, Craig uh, uh, is my right center fielder, which is very important. I still think it's the best thing. I must to give a shout-out, which Chop Sports, I'm going to make them maybe post this on their thing. Craig's son made a catch in dead center field during his Little League game. Now, I love mocking out Craig. At the wall? Over the wall I saw it Okay he saw it Oh Johnny You saw Johnny's post Um, It was a great grab For a little league catch It was a great grab Um, Wasn't as good As the Craig uh, catch He made for Corona Which nobody cared about But um, So uh, But again Back to absolute eyewear Um they do everything with glasses. You, you, you need new glasses, you go see Craig and Johnny. They make you feel good. They got everything there. Full-service opticians. They got glasses for every budget, including mine, which is zero. They have discounts for seniors. They got the, you know AAA, ARP, Blue Cross Blue Shield. And, of course, $100 off a complete pair of prescription glasses when you mention this podcast. But the key phrase, complete pair, which includes frame and lens, lenses. But I always say, bring a little picture of Jimmy Palumbo. Um, There was another one that did go up right in the front door. My buddy Bobby went in there, um, and he got something. My mother went in, of course, didn't take the discount because he's not like that. They've been in business for 16 years, open five days a week. Absolute eyewear at 42 Main Street, Woodbridge, New Jersey, 732-326-3937. And, of course, they have all kinds of glasses there. And that's right, my favorite part of the show. Your attention, please. Here are the glasses that Absolute Eyewear has in their store. Ray-Ban, Coach, Ralph Lauren, Jimmy Choo, Silhouette, Michael Kors, Vogue, and Maui Jim, and Costa Del Mar. Glasses at Absolute (laughs) Eyewear. I gave a full <laughs> bomb every day. <laughs> Father Paul's getting a kick out so, of My I mean, favorite is I, when he's
1: saying Jimmy Choo. I just love I, uh,
0: My favorite one is Ralph Lauren. That's exactly how he would have said it too with the infection. But uh, I promised a little uh, Johnny, because he's a Nick fan, I would do a little Jim Carvallis. They got Ray-Bans. Over the coach. Gives it to Ralph Lauren and he's fouled. Jimmy Choo, the inbounds. Over to Silhouette. Michael Kors. Good. Vogue. Maui Jim. Then I'll switch into a little Jim Gordon. Ray Ban alongside coach Ralph Lauren. Jimmy Choo. Silhouette. Michael Kors. Looking, looking Vogue. He's got Vogue. Maui Jim. Sunglasses. Castle Lamar. This is Jim Gordon alongside Dick Lynch. Absolute eyewear is on the air. Anybody knows who Dick Lynch is? Send me an email. I send you a dollar. That's how it works. But that's it. Absolute eyewear, forty-two Main Street, Woodbridge, New Jersey, seven three two three two six three nine three seven. All right. So Jimmy's bookings. Now we're going kind of in chronological order here. So I figured since we kind of covered some of the early stuff last week, I a, a big influence in my a, a big influence on in my career in the beginning. Um, Maybe I influenced him. He, we influenced each other. Um, Artie Lang, Arthur Lang, that's right, my my beer league guy. Um, everybody, a lot of people know who Artie Lang is. He's been on the Howard Stern Show, Mad TV, and stuff like that. But way back in the beginning, what happened was, again, Mike Wayne, another influence in my life creatively. He's his brother owned a restaurant in Clark, New Jersey, Alla Purdy's. And his brother, Gary Ruane, let him, and Gary, we're going to have Gary sponsor the show for his, his other business now. That'll come soon enough. Um, he decided to let him do a commercial that was going to air on, like, you know, community access or uh, cable stations. And Mike was learning how to direct at the time. And what happened was Mike was working in the kitchen with my boy Deej, who was in, uh, Michael Deej, who was in Beer League. And Deej kept on telling mike ruane hey man my, my one of my best friends Artie lang is a real funny guy and ruane was like ah, you know my buddy jimmy blomo is a real funny guy and and for like weeks they talked about that so when they um they shot we, we shot the commercial at the restaurant um they uh, of course they went with Artie over me which i find funny but he was more right for the part of course and um so I got there. I meet this guy. In the beginning, Like he had heard so much about me, and I heard so much about him. We were kind of like, hey, man, what's up? Like, quick handshake. Like He probably thought I was a jerk. Almost like some friction. Yeah, for no Competitive reason, Competitive friction. But then, after the shoot, we went out to drink. And I say this with all due respect. Very rarely in life do you meet someone, it was like... Uh, um, we went. We went to the bar and we started, you know, having a few drinks. And and, and back then, Artie used to drink like tequila and beer. He wasn't like he wasn't never a full drunk at that point anyway. And this is probably nineteen ninety one, ninety two. Artie wasn't doing stand up, regardless of what he says in the books. He wasn't. He had done it once. He wasn't. In, you know, uh, he really wasn't in showbiz. He was just working at the port. His father, God rest his soul, had just passed away. And he decided he'd quit the job uh, at the port. His mother let him do that, which is amazing. He was making good money. He quit. He wanted to kind of go into showbiz. And he, he meets me, and we go to the bar. And literally, the rest of the night, me and him sat at the bar. And you have no idea. Like, I'd be doing Bob Shepard, and Artie did Bob Shepard. I would be doing Jim Gordon, and, and Artie knew Jim Gordon uh frank messer uh, all the announcers of the shitty yankees material we would do we literally sat in the corner of the bar and just it was like we were rolling uh, Art, I mean of course Artie, Artie, of all the stuff he's done he was so funny if you just hang out and talk with him um we laughed and so we just hit it off and i said hey man listen i've been i've been doing I been I got these headshots I've been sending them in to you know into the city backstage and he was like I'm in I'm in I'm in so we ended up getting I had to get new headshots and um, Artie and I we were we went to a place called Photos by Larry okay the guy looked in with seventy five dollars, which is cheap for headshots. He pulled down this gray thing. The two of us, the Artie didn't even shave right. He had like, he had like a, a razor burns on his face. I looked like a, I had hair. I looked like a baboon, black and white. Awful photos. My mother thinks this is the best photo I ever took, but they were awful. And um, and so we got these photos done. And back then you had to get them printed out. So he got like a hundred. I got a hundred. And I, would, I we, uh, I was big on sending the headshots into the city to different casting people. But there was live casting stuff. And uh, so Artie, Artie did that with me. And we started going to the city. I picked him up uh, from Colonia. I drove to Union. We drove my Honda Civic, my 89 Honda Civic. We drove into the city. And the beginning was he said, hey, Jimmy, since you're you know, driving me in with the gas, I'll pay for all the tolls. Fair deal. I was driving, you know, blah, blah, blah. So uh, we both didn't have a pot to piss in. I already probably had six dollars to his name, and I had a credit card and maybe nine dollars to my name. But we would go in. So the first time after that agreement, we go into the Lincoln Tunnel tolls. We pull in, and I, you know, I am driving, and I kind of went like, you know, I gave my hand like, you know, give me money for the tolls. He's like, "What are you doing?" I am like, "What the toll?" He's like, "I got nothing on me." He had no wallet, no identification. I screamed, "I paid for the toll." All through the tunnel, I'm screaming at him. I'm like, I'm like, Artie, you're heading into the largest metropolis in the world. You don't have. If you die on the street, they won't find you. No one will find you. I'm, How dare you come into the city without anything? No, no paper. No, no, no nothing. And so he giggled the whole way. And of course, he ended up. We, no matter what, every time we went to the city, we always. Sometimes his mother would give him twenty bucks, and uh, I would sometimes meet him there on the train. Because he could take the train from uh, Union. Artie would have enough. He knew what bar to go to to get a shot of tequila and a beer and enough for the train ride home. (laughs) I would meet him. I would scream at him, You pathetic piece of God. What are you doing? And we'd giggle and we'd end up having a few beers after the thing. But we started going to these open calls. And uh, one of them was for. Thing called the Improvables, which is an improv thing run by Alan Chan. Alan Chan's Improvables, and I don't care anybody. Uh, listen, I'm I'm good friends with Artie. If you mention Alan Chan, Artie Artie will will smile because that's how we got to start in showbiz. We audition for this improv thing knowing nothing. And all we did was just try to bust balls and make laugh at this like audition thing. But there was two groups: the Alan Chan Improvables and the Alan Chan's uh, Sexiest Improv Group. Well, clearly, <laughs> we didn't make that one. But some of the girls were in both, and some of the girls were were smoking hot. Um, matter of fact, uh, Lillian, uh, who's now a friend of mine as well, she she was a doll. And uh, so we uh, so we started doing that. But what happened was it was an audition. So. We came back from the city um, a couple times and we were wondering, do you think we got, do you think we got it? Do you think we got it? But Artie was playing softball with me that night. So we went back to my house first. And we had, That was in the days we had to go to your, actually hit the button on your answer machine. And I clicked it on the phone. I listened. And the guy said, hey, Jimmy, it's Alan Chan. Just want to, you were very funny. I just want to let you know you are, uh, I'm officially inviting you to be a part of Alan Chan's Improvables. And I looked at Artie, and I was like, "I got it, I got it." And Artie gave me a face like, "Oh my god!" Like, I didn't check my machine yet, you know. And I said, like, check oh, checking machine? Maybe you got it too." And in my heart, I'm thinking, "How awkward is this going to be if I got it over him?" Uh, you know, Artie would have listen. Yes, it's disappointing, you know. So Artie checked his phone right in front of me, and I could hear through the phone. And mean, yeah, it's Artie Allen Chan. Uh, yeah. And Artie, big smile we partied we played softball we i think we both had like we had like nine hits between us we ended up at like some local bar oliver's till like 2 30 in the morning celebrating and our first show together we always laugh at this this is how you know you're not in showbiz when you do a show in new york city and on like a thursday night and you come out of the show and it's still sunny you know that it's one of those bad pre 5 p.m <laughs> shows and uh, so Artie and i started doing that and um we we would just make each other laugh. I mean, um, Artie was so right away. You knew who Michael Jordan was. Uh, he was by far the best person in the group. And it was older people that were doing a lot of uh, uh, improv at the time there. And like, it, Artie, of course, like you know, he was like he, he he didn't look the part, but on stage he dominated. And I was like, oh my god, this guy is a big time talent. And when I went on stage with him, all you had to pretty much do is is just do your thing and Artie would usually get the win for you but I, I noticed that when I tried to make Artie laugh that's where we really clicked and I you know people used to say oh you're nothing without Artie Lang on stage in the beginning and Artie would be like oh, no no, no way I want you to be there and I started I was like the guy when Jordan kicked it out hit the three you know and, and we it was, we did great and you're not even giving yourself the Scotty Pippen you're no, the, you're no, you're the Tony Kukoc. St- no, no, you're the Steve I was, Kerr I was, yeah, I was <laughs> Steve Kerr um, but I, but the the best part of those shows was I would say things on stage. Like one of the classic ones, we had to play. The word was, uh, ask the audience a secret word that we can't hear. Now the word was Knish. Okay. Now when you used to go to Yankee Stadium back in the day, there used to be a guy who sold Knishes out of that. There's one metal right thing. B-
2: right before the tunnel too. Going okay. back.
0: Okay. But on the side of that canister said, "Roy White loves Knishes." Now, if you remember, Roy White used to have a pigeon-toed batting stance. So me and Artie are up on stage, and the word is knish, and I get it first. I said to myself, oh, I know what to do. I started imitating Roy White with the pigeon-toed thing, and Artie's looking at me going, baseball player, batting all that, what you're supposed to be doing. Like My reference was like Dennis Miller-esque. It was so deep. <laughs> when the guy, we didn't get it. The buzzer went off, you know? And Artie was like, you know, being funny while guessing wrong. We get done, and he's like, what was what was it? Because what were you doing? I was like, I was imitating Roy White. He's on the side of the, the metal. He literally fainted from laughing. He was laughing. He looked at me. He's like, Jimmy, how could you possibly say that? That is a reference only seven people in the world get. They're not at the show. And he was like, <laughs> <laughs> but then he was like, but it's so brilliant. I got to let it, you know. So for this day, if you go up to Artie and say, Roy White Kanish, you'll know exactly. But uh, from there... We had another guy, a key guy in Artie's life and mine, a guy named Mike Stafford, was in our group. And again, there was always competition, as as comics have as well. I never felt, com- I guess maybe, I guess I did. I was younger. What am I going to do? But it was a guy named Mike Stafford who he, he always seemed to be really jealous of me and Artie. I, I don't know why he just was, um, but he was funny in his own way, he had a certain style different from Artie and I's. And um, we got a phone call one day after doing like ten shows. Uh, matter of fact, Artie had a classic night. We had a big night called Industry Night, and that was that meant casting people and producers were supposed to come, but like nobody was there. So Artie was like, "What industry? Plumbers, electricians?" Like <laughs> <laughs> and most of the time, Artie and I brought our friends, and I made my brother and sister and mother and father and her. Our family saw some horrific improv shows. This was like bad death improv. But we get a phone call after doing about ten of these shows. Alan Chan's like, "I'm sorry, guys, I'm I'm disbanding the Alan Chan's uh, improv." Oh. Artie and I—we didn't have a team. We had, we had nowhere to go. Artie and I didn't know how to schedule these things. To this day, Artie doesn't know how to schedule anything. He he just goes and is talented, and he goes home. And so Mike Stafford was in the group. He called both of us up. Hey guys, I want to, I want to do it. I want to, I want to produce them, and I want to do it with. We're going to do sketches as well. So we all got together at a bar by NYU, and we had to choose who within the group was going to be. So Artie and I just chose. Um, we just chose the hot just chose the hot girls you know we just chose uh, 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 this girl was hot this girl was hot blah blah blah. and even though they weren't maybe they weren't talented we didn't get it, but they were but it's like you know if someone and we chose one girl who was very very good we started this group and we ended up calling it uh, live on tape and it was me and seven seven of us and stafford we did videos that were very funny we did a, a thing on Michael Jordan be like art uh, which is it's on youtube you can get it and we started to do like really Like, much better shows with this guy Stafford, who was like a, uh, he produces the Man Cave show now that's on, um, as many, produced a bunch of other shows. But he was hustling, man. All all Artie and I had to do was show up and be funny and and do sketches. It was great. And it got better and better and got to the point we started performing at, like the comic strip, stuff like that. But then a new show um, got developed uh, called Mad TV, and all the cast members got a, um, uh, Uh, an audition for it at the comic strip and I remember that uh, we um, it was that very place was packed because any comedian this was like this was a big time nationwide search for talent so the comic strip was mobbed there was pressure and we used to do this sketch called the date sketch where two announcers um, and I'd like getting involved here. that's where that line really came from. initially, me and Artie would announce someone's first date. like you know here we go, Chris Gucci on a date with a blonde hair and and then you just announce and then they would say words and we would comment Artie was great at it. and um we ended up um uh, I, I remember forget it because I had you know each night when you did a sketch, somebody was usually on and I was so on that night, do it it was like probably the best I ever did it. and of course, I didn't get the call back, but Artie and I think my friend Amy Wilson, who is equally as talented, uh, big time talent, she's got a killer podcast as well. um, Look her up. And um, they got the call back to go to Mad TV. And next thing you know, Artie went on, they they, they saw like 10,000 people for this thing. And Artie booked Mad TV. And then it sucked because he booked it. He had to leave the group. And so Stafford was actually going to fire me because he didn't think I could play without, um, without Artie being there. But and I was like, I was secure in my own self. But he added four people to replace Artie, and then our group, the four people he hired, were awesome, best free agent draft that any improv group ever. And Artie, of course, went on to do Mad TV, and our group, uh, literally like I don't know, a year and a half later, we signed a deal with NBC. I remember Artie was going through a rough time there with you know, getting adjusted to LA and he, he let us use the date sketch and I probably I've never really told this publicly but uh that was one 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 uh lousy thing that happened between Artie and I. And if he's listening, he's gonna hate me for telling this, but it's the truth. Um he let me do the sketch and we we, we made changes to it. You know, we made it fit our group and we we actually felt better that we were making changes. Because we weren't fully going with all of Artie's work, and it was different people playing, and my buddy Tom Bolster was now playing the announcer. For me, it was never the same because it's like running the triangle without Jordan, uh, you know. Uh, but hey, listen, we had to we had to move on. It was one of the best sketches going on in New York. It was like an eight minute sketch. It got a lot of laughs. And after we did it in front of some big executives uh, at the West Bank Cafe, Artie was there and. He just ripped into me like, "Oh, you guys stole my sketch! Why well, could you do that?" It was so disappointing, you know. He had a buzz on, um, I, uh, you know, uh, and I was like, "Art, like, you know, you, you gate, you said we could use it, and you're on Man TV making ten grand a week. We're, uh, I'm losing money, which is a running theme uh, for me in my career. Um, you know, I'm losing money here, and we use your sketch, you know, but we ended up. Uh, he 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 let it. He let us. Uh, well, he didn't have a say really because he didn't want to screw over Stafford, who was producing." And about three months later, we were doing big shows at, um, you know, uh, at NBC. with live on tape. We shot a pilot. We shot about forty-five sketches, and it didn't get picked up, unfortunately. Um, but Artie and you know, I totally remained friends. I went out for the pilot when he was with Mad TV. Uh, that was mind-boggling. I truly, I truly, me and me and Deej flew out there to see your buddy, who you did sketches with, is now at a studio, Fox Studios in L.A doing and mad tv had some hitters yeah well, they, they had they had a lot of good well, all-star team yeah it was a very good group um i could totally see why i, I mean i don't want to say why i didn't make the cup but they, they they had some players there and people had some experience too we only had experience in new york doing you know live on tape stuff so these people were very very talented and um uh but to watch your buddy do some i was uh i had no sense of um uh, people like, oh, were you jealous of Artie? And I, I wasn't. I was like, this is awesome. My boy is like, you know, uh, <coughs> totally, you know, he was doing like major sketches with Mad TV. It was a wonderful thing to, to see. And um, then the Mad TV show, I remember I watched, um, he was out there and I watched it with his friends in Union, New Jersey, Shecky and Al and all these guys and Deej. We had a big party the first night it aired. Artie, of course, had to stay out in LA because he was shooting the episodes. We were at a huge party with 25 of his buddies watching him. It's really wild. Number one, it was cool to watch it being taped. Now you're watching your buddy on television. It's It was, it was mind boggling. Um, and it gave you hope that like, hey, you know, good news happens to him. It can happen to me, you know. Uh, of course, we did have good luck with NBC. I got paid more money than I've ever gotten paid for a gig with the live on tape gig. And, um, you know, uh, from there, Artie, you know, of course, after that, uh, you know, and Artie's kind of covered a lot of this in the book. Number one, he was in L.A. I was in New York. I didn't live in L.A. at the time. And and Artie had some trouble adjusting to uh, his first time he's living on his own without his mother. And, you know, uh, I'm saying without his mother, but he didn't have a credit card. He didn't have a driver's license. He didn't have uh, he had a rent uh, place. He stayed at a real depressing place. I forget the name of it, but anybody listening who knows it, uh, it's depressing, like kind of condos where all the all people that shoot pilots stay at. And uh, Artie started to, you know, uh, drink more and more and uh, got caught up, started doing some cocaine, but he never did it in front of me. I didn't even know Artie did cocaine, which is crazy. Uh, he did it with uh, Mike Stafford, but that's been public material anyway. But... It was weird, like, and after that, like, you know, we we, we we remained friends, of course, and we still are to this day, but Artie just got caught up in that, you know, slippery slope of, of uh, drugs and alcohol. But, of course, right afterwards, we had the best uh, meeting ever. I, we, me and Mike Rowan, we flew out there, and we were kicking ideas around, and um, we decided to do a short film called Game Day, and that led to Beer League and all that stuff. Of course, Artie was, you know, he uh, it, it, it was tough to be friends with he was getting so popular he got on stern um and he was getting like more popular and the weird thing about me for howard stern if i could be honest was that and i can relate to this now doing a podcast artie would tell stories about stuff that happened that i was there for some of them and it wasn't quite i thought the truth was funnier than how he portrayed it but now i realize sometimes when you're telling a story you do have to you forget the facts of it. You forget. And what you have to
2: embellish a little yeah, you bit. You
0: have to forget. Was it a Friday? Was it a Saturday? We were, we were at this bar, you know, and the listeners don't care whether you're at Riffy's or Oliver's, you, you, you have to just say the a bar. And so when you know the guy, it's always, it's always different, you know? So for me, Artie was so great on Howard Stern, but when you know a guy, it's just different. I have friends of mine that like the podcast, but some people are like, ah, oh, but I know who you are. I know where you're coming from. Like sometimes when you watch even my my well, a couple of buddies of mine, are like, dude, I can't even watch you on TV, because when you're on TV, like I know it's you and it breaks the character and stuff like that. So that was the one thing with me, but I was happy for him. He started to make a lot of money and he was very generous. I mean, every time we went out, he picked up tabs. Um we just didn't have that entourage thing. You know, when I watched that show Entourage, um, it was like the opposite, you know. We were on different coasts, and then I was in L.A. where he was doing Stern and um, that kind of thing. But we we totally uh, um, we held our friendship. He's a great guy, and he went through a lot of ups and downs. And of course, his, he had a really big uh, pit. and um, And I'm happy for him now that he's sober. He's just uh, not quite ready to make his big comeback yet. But I believe that Artie's a really funny guy. And he doesn't need Howard Stern or anybody else. He'll be funny um, when he's ready to when he's ready to, to, to you know come out of the dugout. Um, he's going to hit some big home runs again. And I look forward to uh, being right there with him and having a bunch of laughs. So I wanted to just explain that's how Artie and I met way way in the beginning. I know I probably went on longer than I should, but I think it's important that people know why I'm not. Uh, that's why I get I used to get annoyed. Like Artie had hangers on with the Howard Stern show. Um, I always tell the story. I opened up for Artie and AC one time. And Jeff the drunk was there. And he really acted like a drunk. And he would like spit up, fake puke in the green room and stuff. But my brother was there. And my brother liked, loved Artie. And my brother was trying to kick the guy out saying like what are you doing and he kept on saying i'm jeff the drunk i'm jeff the drunk and my brother was like i know you're drunk i'm gonna kick out of here my brother and hardy are doing a show and i w- I, w- I came into the green room my brother was ready to knock him out and i'm like frank what are you doing that's jeff the drunk he goes yeah his name is jeff he's drunk I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so that's it was insane. like uh so my, so funny my brother he, he looked at me he goes jimmy these people here in the green room they're weird like my brother being an older brother i don't want you hanging out with these people and that's one thing i hate like already had some people hanging out in his they were good fans i guess but um they were just more of my cup of tea and um uh i i I always you know and some people be like well who are you i'm like who am i i felt like you know joe pesci in casino like who am i who am i you kicking me out of here you know um but me and Artie, oh, we maintained our friendship. I'm good friends with his mother and sister, and I love him to death. And I really look forward to uh, when he comes back. And who knows? Maybe I'll open up for him a couple times um, again. But uh, I look forward to the Artie coming back, and I think he will. And uh, so that's it. That's my Artie Lang story. How I met Artie. I left out a bunch of stuff, and uh, hopefully, one day we'll have Artie on. I'm going to revisit. Matter of fact, if I ever have Artie on, which I will. I want him to discuss this very beginning because his memory might be better than mine, but um, or funnier, and um, we should uh, we'll, we'll do that. We'll laugh about the old days. So that's it. Jimmy Booking, sponsored by Absolute Eyewear. Getting involved here from the Army in Atlanta. Hmm. Where have you come from? Where have you gone? It's been a long trip
2: It's been many stops along the way I
0: got a little tip now, baby It's getting harder to stay But both to California, baby